Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 26, and I'm drinking Avalauer 12-year-old double cask matured single malt scotch whiskey. If you're a first-time listener or been with me from the start, you should expect that I will be well-researched and educational, also entertaining and consistent in my reviews. I started Liquor in the Core Connoisseur as a way for me to drink more. I'm exploring the world of distilled spirits, and you, my listener, get to come along for the ride. I chose Avalauer's 12-year-old for this episode because it came recommended to me from a whiskey aficionado. I'm going to be a guest on this Whiskey Aficionado's podcast, and we'll be doing a flight of whiskeys on his show. Abelauer, 12-year-old, was one that he had and recommended that I could get, and so I've added it to the collection, and it seemed fitting to do an episode on it now. More to come on my guest appearance. As that show comes to fruition, I will definitely share it with my followers. So, let's talk about Avalauer 12-year-old and the bottle and packaging. As many scotch whiskeys, it comes in a cardboard tube. This is for various reasons, one of which is just to make it look premium and higher class. It also does serve a purpose to keep sunlight out of the spirit. But primarily these days, the tube is just fancy packaging. The bottle itself is rather squat. Uh, It's not very tall, but it's pretty plain. It's clear glass. It has Abelauer Distillery, established 1897, embossed in the front of the glass, and then it has a paper label. It does have a nice foil with a stopper and a strap closure over the top that includes the distillery founder's name and signature, which is James Fleming. And this bottle I have is a standard 750 milliliter. It is bottled at 40% alcohol by volume, making it 80 proof, and it retails for about $44. Okay, so let's open the bottle. Going to take the strap off. And see, oh, very nice tab. I've hurt myself trying to open bottles in the past, but this is a very... Then a little zipper, take the foil off, and here comes the pop. (laughs) Not super poppy, but nice nonetheless. All right, let's give it a pour. I will say the glass is very thick around the neck of the bottle. It's probably a good quarter inch thick right at the, the mouth of the bottle. One note on how I do tastings, I always taste all spirits neat at room temperature. I use a nosing glass, also known as a Glencairn, which is a specific whiskey glass for my tastings so that I get the true spirit of the spirit. Abelauer in the glass is a golden amber color. It's very clear. And Abelauer themselves say on the back of the packaging on the tube that it should smell soft and rounded with red apples. So let's see if that's true to me on the nose. It's very sherried. Uh, This is aged in ex Oloroso sherry barrels, so that's to be expected. It's sweet. I can, yeah, I guess I can get some red apple out of it. 
Yeah, there's some apple. The thing with an aroma and a taste is if somebody tells you what you should be smelling or tasting, you're more likely to actually smell or taste those. So the power of suggestion is indeed very strong. All right, let's give it a taste. Well, I'll say it's very smooth, soft even. I do taste the sherry finished from the cask. I'm just impressed at how smooth and soft and mellow it is. There's a little bit of heat, some spiciness. Um, let me try it again. Caramely, caramel toffee, little cinnamon. One thing that's totally lacking from both the nose and on the palate is there's no hint of peat at all. This is not a peated scotch. And in my younger years, I had some really peaty, peaty scotch. And that put me off of scotch for quite some time. It just tasted like a campfire. That was a disservice to my younger self because this is quite nice. Well, as I continue to enjoy this pour of Abalor, I'm going to get into the history. Abalor Distillery has been around since 1879. That's no secret since the date is emblazoned on every bottle. It is a Scotch whiskey, so obviously it's located in Scotland, specifically in the Speyside region. The Scotch Whiskey Association recognizes five distinct Scotch regions, with Speyside being the most recently recognized, only since 2014 has it been officially distinct from the Highlands. Speyside whiskies are known for their light peat, or lack of peat in the case of this Avalor 12, their fruitiness and being matured in used sherry casks. Uh, some of the top-selling single malts come from the region, and it's the most densely populated whiskey region in Scotland as well. So that's all to say that Avalor is in good company. The distillery was founded by James Fleming, who built it near the Spey River after having worked for a decade at another Scotch distillery, learning the craft. James Fleming is said to have died in 1895, and he's buried in the village cemetery, kitty corner to the distillery today. Thirteen years after he founded it, in 1892, Fleming sold the distillery to Robert Thorne and Sons. This ended up being just a few years prior to his death, it seems. The new owners ran into a bit of bad luck, though, because six years after they bought it, in 1898, the distillery burned mostly to the ground, and it had to be rebuilt. The fire consumed most of the aging whiskey as well, which would have been a real shame. When they rebuilt, they did so under the supervision of Scotland's foremost expert on whiskey distilleries at the time. They also made use of the most modern equipment when rebuilding the distillery, which served them well into the future. The distillery was sold again in 1921 to W.H. Holt & Sons Limited, who owned it until 1945 when Campbell Distillers purchased Abalor. Campbell was acquired in 1974 by the French firm Pernod Ricard. When they purchased the distillery, Pernod expanded and modernized it as well, going from two to four stills. And in 2001, Pernod also acquired Chivas Brothers, and Chivas was merged with the Campbell Distillery's portfolio under the Chivas Brothers Holding Group within Pernod. 
This same year, 2001, a new visitor center was opened at the distillery. I've yet to visit Scotland. I've wanted to get there and someday I will, but I've viewed many photos of the Abelord Distillery and have checked it out on Google Maps as well. It looks like it'd make for an amazing afternoon distillery tour and tasting. This particular whiskey, the 12-year, is double cask matured and it's been in production for quite some time. More than a decade at least they've been promoting it as a double cask matured whiskey. It may have always been double casked, but I can't find specifics on when it became known as the double cask versus simply a 12-year-old single malt. One more thing on the history, what I really like about producing this podcast and doing the research is I love the stories that distilled spirits brands can tell. And Avalor's website dedicates a good portion to what they've termed our deeds. James Fleming, Abelor's founder, purportedly had a family motto of let the deed show, which simply meant actions speak louder than words. They list several deeds, but the one most interesting to me is deed number 22, which is a long-standing legacy. Our founder, James Fleming, built the Penny Bridge after a young boy's life was claimed by the fast-flowing spay. He was the type of man who looked for no reward or recognition for his kindness. So moving on to how Abelor 12-year is made. First off, it's a single malt. All this means is that all the whiskey was made and matured at Abelor. However, it is double cask matured, and there's no official designation as far as what double casked means. Most distilleries can kind of name it however they want, but for Abelor's case, double cask means that they're aging the new spirit in two different types of barrels. I'll get into more of the specifics in just a bit, but first, Abelor follows a rather traditional whiskey production process, and all whiskey starts with the malt. Up until 1962, Abelor did traditional floor malting, but they followed industry trends and have off-site malting done now. The barley they use is, however, sourced from within 15 miles of the distillery, so it's very local. Malting, if you're unfamiliar, is simply the beginning of germination of the grain. The barley is soaked in water and the seed begins to sprout. In so doing, the starches, which are food for the plant, convert to sugars to fuel the plant's growth. At peak sugar levels, the germination is halted by kiln drying, killing the germinating plants. This sprouted grain is referred to as the malt. The malt is next milled to a coarse flour, referred to as grist, the grist is then mixed with water in a mash tun, which is just a large vat with mixing arms, where it's gently mixed and enzymes continue converting the remaining starch to sugar. The sugary liquid that results is referred to as the wort, and it's mostly clear. Abelor adds water to the mash tun more than once, and the first two batches advance to the next phase of production, with the last batch being held back to be used as the starter for the next batch. The next step in whiskey production is fermentation. This is the magic of yeast converting sugar to alcohol. Abelor uses water from the Birkenbush Springs to cool the wort and yeast is added to the washback, which is the fermentation tank, is referred to as a washback. Fermentation at Abelor takes two days and when it's finished, the fermented liquid is referred to as a wash. And this is a crude beer with an alcohol content of about 8.5% and the wash is then distilled. 
Distillation is key to imparting flavor to what eventually ends up in the bottle. Avalor uses pot stills, and they're very squat bases with tall, narrow necks. The necks are referred to as a swan's neck, and when you see pictures of these stills, you'll know why swan's neck was used as a descriptor. Avalor is double distilled, as is tradition with most Scotch whiskey. A few are triple distilled, but that's more of a tradition of Irish whiskey. The first distillation produces a low-proof spirit referred to as low wines. The second distillation increases the proof to cask strength. The longest phase of production is maturation. This Avalor 12-year is obviously a dozen years old, so that means it spent 12 years at minimum in one of two types of barrels or casks. So let's dig into this double cask matured part. Avalor is maturing their whiskey in both ex-bourbon barrels or American oak barrels and used Oloroso sherry butts. It's interesting about Scotch whiskey industry as a whole is that they must age their whiskey in used American oak barrels. However, an American barrel is not the same size as a Scotch whiskey cask, also known as a hogshead. And wooden alcohol vessels go by many names, I've used three or four already, all of which are just barrels. A standard American barrel is 200 liters in volume. A Scotch whiskey barrel is 250 liters, so it's slightly larger. In Scotland, they have cooperages that are now highly automated that upsize American barrels by removing the metal rings and adding additional staves to the barrels to enlarge them. Often toasted or charred as part of the rejuvenation process, the 250-liter hogshead-sized barrels will be fitted with new rings and new oak ends. The used Oloroso sherry casks, or barrels, are referred to as butts, as in a buttload of something. A butt is a barrel size of about 500 liters. So a sherry butt is twice the size of an American oak barrel that's been enlarged to a Scotch whiskey hogshead size. The larger size barrel for the sherry means that volumetrically there's less surface area for the scotch to interact with the wood. So aging in a larger barrel takes longer than it does in a smaller barrel. So the sherry casks or butts at 500 liters will take much longer than the hogshead size used American oak barrels. Barrel size therefore plays a big role in flavor. Avalor claims to individually select the sherry casks and notes they are rare, expensive, and hard to obtain. The waste of the Spanish sherry industry contributes greatly to the success of the Scotch whiskey industry. One man's trash is another man's treasure, as they say. However, with anything rare and hard to come by that's expensive, there are those that will take shortcuts, and I've heard of some lower quality distillers using flavored sherry casks, which are nearly new barrels that have held low quality sherry for a brief period of time, with the end result not being sherry for bottling, but ex-sherry barrels for the whiskey business. Abelor uses true quality Oloroso sherry butts that they are hand-selecting. The double cask maturation is explained very simply right on the front label of the bottle. Avalor is filling both types of barrels with new spirit from the heart cut of the final distillation and aging them for 12 years. Then the two different agings are married together prior to bottling. Married just means they're blended, and I'm sure there's craft to getting the proportions correct of mostly, I would assume, American oak barrels with a measured amount of the Oloroso sherry barrels. 
prior to bottling, Abalore is filtered, and it's been noted that this is a chill-filtered whiskey. While Abalore doesn't come right out and say it is chill-filtered, the fact that they've sold whiskeys that are specifically non-chill-filtered lets you know that the 12-year double cask is indeed chill-filtered. Chill filtering is rather commonplace these days. It's a process of clarifying the matured spirit by chilling it to a very low temperature, oftentimes below freezing, then filtering out some of the oils that can come out of suspension when diluted with water at room temperature. Absinthe is perhaps the most dramatic representation of this phenomenon when the addition of water will make the spirit cloudy. It's a normal thing for many whiskeys, but with Abalore, they chill filter it to prevent this as I've heard at this price point, it's a scotch for the masses, and the masses may drop an ice cube into it, and the cloudy mist may be undesirable. But that's it. From grain to bottle, it's at least 12 years old. So on to cocktails and consumption. I will not pretend to tell you that you should mix this scotch whiskey into a cocktail. Sure, there's some scotch cocktails like a rusty nail, which is just adulterating scotch with drambuie or augmenting your drambuie with scotch, uh, if you remember the episode I did on drambuie. But by and large, a single malt like this, you drink it neat, maybe a few drops of water to open it up, and that just changes the, the proof point and the solution, and so you do get different flavor profiles if you add some water. But Abalore, 12-year, should be drank, just neat. In summary, what do I think of Abalore, 12-year-old, double-cask-matured, single-malt scotch whiskey from Speyside? It's a mouthful to say, for one, but it is very approachable. It's soft, it's not peaty, which is a good thing, in my opinion. I'm not a big peat fan. Um, yeah, I like it. It's a value at $44, $45 or so, and it's a good easy drinking single malt. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor in the Core Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorinthecoreconnoisseur.com. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music now. Anywhere you get your podcasts, this show is there. The show is also on social media. Facebook and Instagram is where I'm most active. Please leave me your feedback. And as always, Thank you for listening.